Hey folks, it's me, Frank, it's him, JB. JB, you should be here. Why aren't you here? Yeah, I, you know, I guess, I, I guess you're right about that one. It's one of those deals where I just, the family stuff, weekends in St. Pete, little overlap there. So I'm sorry I'm not there in Canton, but I can't wait to see your outfit tomorrow night and uh, tune into the outfits. What? Oh, Bon double bonus, huh? Yeah. Well, Twitter spoke. I mean, we have to follow Twitter, don't we? Unless it's a close call for the uh, Secretary's Cup, then yeah. you, then we uh, kind of give the benefit of the doubt to the Secretary's Cup, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, hey, we we got to predict a game, and I I standing here right now, you know, ready to go to intro. I don't even know who I'm picking yet. So you're gonna have to educate me on these teams. We're going to have to talk about a lot here. There's a lot of traffic yep. in the background. It's going to be an interesting show, to say the least. Uh, don't worry. Yeah, I guess that stadium's right next to the highway, huh? <laughs> it, uh, it, in fact, is 77 uh, runs adjacent to us right now. So okay. uh, look it up on uh, your maps. And uh, in the meantime, guess what? This is In the Huddle. step out of the way jb uh, if you give me a second here i'm going to step out of the way let folks see uh, a windy tom benson hall of fame stadium here and uh, this is the surface on which the stag bowl will be played tomorrow night seven o'clock eastern time uh it's going to be a fun time the position i'm in here is actually the position we'll be taking for the pregame show on d3football.com and we'll be doing a bunch of things on that show uh, we've got some fun stuff I'll tell you about in a second uh, with interviews uh, with players. Also, we'll have the All-America team announcements and the Gallardi Trophy announcement. Those five finalists are waiting to find out who won the Gallardi Trophy for 2021. You have your guesses. Uh, we'll see if you're right. Uh, you, you prognosticate decently in general. I have not found out who the winner is. I've asked not to uh, have that information for once uh, this go around. So I will be All as right. surprised as everybody else on this one, JB. But uh, first things first, I give you the first word. Semifinals are in the books. One went the way we thought, kind of. The other, um, we sort of blew. Uh, go ahead and tell us <laughs> your view here of the semifinals. Well, I mean, yeah, we the the biggest surprise was the fact that Mary Harden Baylor not only won, but they won in pretty dominant fashion over uh, Whitewater. And Kyle King and Brandon Jordan hooked up a couple times for some touchdown passes. The the Warhawks had no answer uh, for for Brandon. He just yeah. You know, 11 catches, 164 yards, I think. He just devastated um, that secondary. And the offensive line of Mary Harden-Baylor, which was kind of a question back in the in the spring season, really seems to have coalesced and gelled, and they dominated the line of scrimmage. And this this game was not close at all. We, we, we were predicting close games. 
um, for, for both of these. Um, and, you know, 24 to seven when at the end of the day, Whitewater uh, just didn't have, you know, enough. Yeah, maybe, you know, if Quinn Maynard's was there, it might have been a little different, but he's, you know, too busy, uh, you know, plowing guys over in the NFL. Uh, so different day and age. And Mary Hart and Baylor, man, I know they're, they're, they're kind of relishing this underdog role, and they will be an underdog in this championship game too. But the last couple of games, they have looked fantastic, and North Central is going to have their hands full. So first off, let's talk conditions here. Uh, generally, as I said, it is windy here today. Uh, we are in a kind of a wind zone because of the adjacency to the highway, but it's supposed to die down. Yeah. Uh, we're supposed to get rain today. The rain for tomorrow has been wiped off the uh, forecast for now, uh, but rain today. The, the temperature without the wind is around 59 degrees today in Canton, Ohio. Balmy. Yeah, uh, but tomorrow it will be a high of closer to 45 and a low around 30. So game time okay. temperature should be around 38 degrees, 37 degrees around kickoff, which is not Cortland cold from a couple of weeks ago when I was out there and froze yeah. my butt off. But uh, <laughs> let's just call it somewhat in between Cortland and Mount Union uh, between rounds two and three. If you remember, you know, I did go jacketless for the uh, pregame show at least at Mount Union, but then mm. obviously resorted to uh, getting that back on uh, later yeah. on. So uh, it's it's going to be weather that is, I think, amenable to uh, players that are wearing pads and long sleeves and stuff like that. However, you know these guys are not going to wear their sleeves probably, and uh, it will be slightly cold for them out here. Uh, speaking of the games uh, from last week that you have uh, talked about, let's uh, get up our scoreboard page and just review them. We cannot run highlights, obviously, because of ESPN rights issues. But Mary Hart and Baylor winning against Whitewater 24-7. Alex Pete was shut down in the game pretty much to 20 yeah. rushes for 43 yards. That was a surprise to a lot of people, including me. Kyle King, 19 for 28, 248, two passing touchdowns, both to Brandon Jordan. Uh, and 11 receptions. Uh, for Jordan, uh, that's 164 yards total. Mark McGrath, who was our guest on the semifinal uh, preview show, 10 tackles. Akeem Jackson, though, the linebacker for UMHB with 11 tackles, including one for loss and an interception. Yep. And on the other side of the brackets, North Central beats Mount Union 26 to 13. Braxton Plunk 19 for only only 19 for 33, I should say, 204 yards, two passing touchdowns. Ethan Greenfield though for North Central 31 rushes, 194 yards. Luke Lanen two passing, one rushing touchdown, and uh, Mason McMillan and Cordell Ford from uh, Mount Union each had 11 tackles, but in a losing cause. That leads up to the Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium, Canton, Ohio. It's Mary Harden-Baylor versus North Central. Now, earlier in the week, JB and I got to actually ask some questions of the two head coaches, and uh, that is Jeff Thorne of North Central and Pete Fredenberg of Mary Harden-Baylor. Let's uh, play some uh, questions from that discussion, about 10 minutes in length here. We didn't, not all of the questions we got to ask. We do appreciate their time uh, with us and the rest of the media. But here were our uh, discussions with Jeff Thorne and Pete Friendberg. JJ, thank you. Coach, uh, thanks all season for uh, the access and availability that you've made, especially with what your family has been uh, facing with Peyton at Michigan State and everything else. Uh, good luck to him. 
uh, as things continue. Uh, first off, uh, kind of elaboration on a question that Pat had uh, asked you that appeared this morning on his podcast about uh, Andrew Kaminsky. Uh, 2019, he had a lot of receptions and touchdowns. 2021, not as many. Which season do you think he played more of an important role for your team, though, despite stats? And are you happy about the fact that the Gillardi Trophy voters saw fit to make him a finalist despite the stats dropping off this year? Yeah. First thing, Frank, let me let me say thank you for the kind words, but also thank you for everything Division Three football uh, does for our division. Uh, without you guys, you know, that it's just it's so much fun to be able to learn about other programs and, and it wouldn't happen without the work you guys do. So thank you for that. To answer your question, uh, I would say his his importance this year without the same kind of numbers, without the same kind of production. I do think has been even more meaningful because of how he's brought Luke Lanon along and continued to bring D'Angelo Hardy along. Uh, he, you know, between he and Blake Williams and Corey Blair, Matt Metz, we really have a veteran group of, of receivers, but Andrew in particular, you know, and, and D'Angelo went through a pretty brutal uh, life event. Second day of camp, his mom dies suddenly. And, uh, Andrew was right there by his side, as were the other guys. But I just think Andrew has been such a, a, a steadying force for D'Angelo um, and certainly for Luke, uh, taking him under his wing, watching film with him and, and never, ever getting frustrated with lack of touches, lack of targets. He understands our team's a little different this year and all he wants to do is win and whatever you know, he can bring to the table to give us a better chance of winning the game. That's what Andrew Kaminsky is going to do, and he's never going to complain about it. I'd like to sort of continue the discussion on the defense because, unfortunately, in a box score, um, as a cornerback, you don't necessarily get credit for, um, you know, basically keeping a guy like Wayne Ruby almost a non-factor. I mean, your, your corners played excellent. Was this um, – was this sort of a schematic thing where you guys were, were trying to do certain matchup type situations or, or certain zone coverages to take him out of the ball game? Because, uh, you know, as a, as a former defensive back, that to me really stood out as one of the biggest elements of that game. And I would just you know, be curious to get your thoughts on the same. Yeah, you know, he's, he's incredibly talented, but so are the other receivers my union has. They're, again, that offense is really dynamic. But he's really, I think, the, the head of the snake for him uh, from the receiving core standpoint. So we certainly wanted to always have an idea where he was. And, you know, we're, we're really, really fortunate. We've got, in my opinion, the best corner in the country, uh, Jake Beasley. You know, we, we give him the toughest assignment week in and week out. He's our boundary corner, but, you know, he's just – he's a guy we can move around. And he came in as a receiver in 2017 and, and played a lot as a freshman as a receiver. And we made the decision to move him to corner in 2018. And I think it's one of the best decisions that we've ever made as a coaching staff because it's given our, you know, our defensive staff a lot of flexibility to get creative when you've got a guy with that kind of – talent the measurables he has he's 6'3 and 200 pounds and runs in the four fours and I mean when you watch him jump it takes a while for him to come down he just kind of levitates it's 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 pretty impressive but we're, we're blessed to have a kid like that that you can you know hey go play man coverage last 2019 run when we played Mount Union uh Justin Hill had like 200 and some yards at halftime and 
we stuck Jake on him in the second half. He followed him everywhere, and uh, he had two catches in the second half, and that was really the secret of uh, overcoming uh, what we faced in 2019 at Mount Union. So Jake Beasley is really the key to our defense that allows us to do all the things that we do, and certainly our defensive line is great and our other DBs and linebackers, but Jake is really he's special. Coach, uh, first off, I want to thank you and uh, Mary Hard Baylor for all the hospitality when I was down there for the Harden Simmons game. It was good to see you and great to see your daughter, Corey, and how well she is doing. So great. I hopefully get to see everybody uh, in Canton very soon here. Uh, first question for you. Kyle King has gone through some interesting injuries, health issues, et cetera. We've talked about them on our show with him and whatnot. For him to bounce back the last two games, especially the way he has, how has that happened to that degree? Well, you know, Kyle is a tremendous competitor and uh, has a, a, a wonderful work ethic. And um, the times that he was uh, kind of on the sidelines and going through his uh, turf toe uh, issues, um, you, you just had to fight to keep him off the field. Um, and he kept saying he was fine, he was fine, but we, we knew that he was not a hundred percent, but uh, when, when he finally came back and I think he's had uh, a tremendous uh, outings the last two games, uh, he's just really a, a fierce competitor and a, and a great player. And he loves the university, loves this uh, program and uh, he's a great teammate and a great leader. Coach, a uh, second question for you on the other side of the ball. And this is kind of similar to a question I asked Coach Thornball, Andrew Kaminsky. It's interesting how Kaminsky's numbers kind of dropped off, but his leadership, it seemed to exude itself uh, throughout the 2021 season. I could say the same about Jefferson Fritz, whose numbers seem to be good, but, you know, 2019 to 2021 might be a little numbers drop off for him, although he does more things on the field than I could ever imagine doing. How important, though, has his leadership, his maturity, growth, et cetera, been to getting your team back to the Stag Bowl this year? Uh, there's never – I've never coached anybody more uh, of a leader. Uh, yeah, he is – he's a dynamic person that wants this team to succeed. He, he, he does it physically himself uh, in a role as a leader. He uh, gives great effort and – uh, concentration and focus in everything that he does involved with his football team. He is just a great student of the game and um, love, loves practice, loves games, loves competition. Uh, he's just a, a tremendous role model for, uh, for all of us as a player and as a leader. And uh, we're, we're just uh, thrilled that he's um, – been the part of this program. I, I think he's been an All-American for all three years that he's played. So uh, obviously he brings a lot to our program. Hey coach, um, congratulations on making it back to the Stag Bowl. Uh, I know my, I know my uh, friend and co-host Frank Rossi will be looking to bedazzle everybody with some new uh, fancy coats on the sideline there. Um, We're anxious to see that. Oh, yeah, we all are. It, it's must-see for sure. Um, but on a more serious note, um, obviously, you know, 2020 kind of being an unprecedented year in, in the history of college football, but um, you guys were one of about 100 D3 programs 
that had the opportunity to, to play some games in the springtime. And I believe the Stag Bowl is going to be your 20th game in the calendar year. Um, what were some of the challenges to, to kind of get through that long kind of grind and, and what sort of things has, has it presented as far as opportunities or you know, helping make this team into who they are? You know, when you when you look back, obviously you always have uh, twenty twenty vision looking back, but it turned out to be very beneficial for our football team. It was really hard. It was really difficult and a, a challenge. Um, but in the fall, we were able to uh, really uh, work spring training. So we we had uh, I can't remember how many days or how many weeks, but we were actually able to. Uh, get on the field and have young freshmen be able to grow and develop into the system, and uh, and then and then turn around in the spring and and play five very competitive games. Um, obviously, the the fall uh, helped. It was just the spring and the fall and the fall and the spring, which was totally weird. Uh, but it really, uh, looking back, it was really beneficial for our guys. We had several guys that were uh, on on time to graduate, uh, and they were they put some things off and were able to come back for another year. Uh, so it, it all just was beneficial in the long run. I know having the COVID all of that year was so horrible but um it, we worked it to where it was very beneficial for our football team appreciate uh their uh allowing us to ask those questions jj neckloff did a great job moderating as always uh from the odac uh, yeah. member of the committee here the uh, selection committee uh, you know, JV, uh, you've honed in on this question quite a bit over the last few months about the 20 games. 20 and 21 basically is one of the slogans for Mary Hart and Baylor to win 20 games in 2021. They have won 19. They are one game away from that goal right now. And so as we begin the transition here and we'll look at the bracket as it lays, I'll let you begin to talk about this matchup and what you think about it. Let's not predict it quite yet, but begin to preview it as we go to the tail of the tape. Take us through it. Well, not surprisingly, these are two of the, you know, the, the biggest and most complete, you know, teams in the nation as far as Division Three goes. I mean, they have size on the line. They've got size at receiver and, um, you know, linebacker, defensive back positions, you know, the tight end for North Central. I mean, <laughs> that guy is huge. So you're going to see an exceptional level of athleticism and ability. I know sometimes people joke around about, oh, you know, D3 is just glorified high school football. Yeah, watch these guys on Friday night and, and figure out if you could even last a play or two um, with the size and strength on this field. Um, th these are just really impressive programs. As you can see, they're, they're undefeated. A um, little bit more offensive firepower on the north central side. Um, leans more towards the running game. Ethan Greenfield, who I realized uh, after the fact, actually had 190 yards, not, not 194. I mean, okay, four yards, big deal. Um, you know, that guy is like a bowling ball, uh, but with a tremendous amount of speed, hard to take down. He is going to be a problem um, for the uh, linebacking core of, of Mary Harden Baylor. But then again, we thought maybe Alex Pete of Whitewater would be as well. And they held him to about 40 yards on 20 carries. So 
you, you can see defensively, um, both of these teams are almost mirror images. Uh, UMHB allows a couple more rushing yards a game and a little less on the passing side. Another mirror image, Kyle King and Luke Lennon. Yeah, they, these guys sound like Marvel, you know, superhero characters. You know, who are their... You know, you've got like Spider-Man against, uh, you know, <laughs> Iron Man or something here. But Captain um, America, thirty-two pass, exactly, thirty-two passing touchdowns, eleven rush touchdowns. You know, Kyle has only thrown two interceptions compared to uh, Luke's seven, but you know he's only a freshman. Kyle is a is a senior, although he'll be back for a fifth year. We understand. And then, <clears throat> really, Frank, the biggest difference turnover margin. And maybe this plays a role in, in tomorrow's game. Um, Mary Harden Baylor has been a lot more opportunistic. Maybe that's their schedule. I don't know. Um, and, and maybe, you know, with the, the amount of running plays that, that North Central runs, they're more apt to potentially fumble the ball or, or so on and so forth. That, to me, is the biggest difference between these two squads when you look at them just purely statistically. Um, very similar in many ways, but that's a big difference. And, We'll see if that comes into play on Friday night. So in general here, more offense for North Central by 89 yards. Defense uh, pretty much a tie. The quarterback's pretty much a tie. Uh, UMHB and the turnover ratio, definitely an advantage there. So it balances out that offensive number scenario. And uh, the points, uh, the differentials are really a, what I would call a uh, pick em if you had to really get there. Yeah. Uh, you know, 4.3 point differential, which – is nothing when it comes down to it, especially in a neutral site. A field goal <laughs> and a PIT, yeah. You know, our corrections department did not catch the fact that I had number three instead of number two, and that was actually a fat finger that did that. Now we've corrected that on our front page here. Number two, Mary Harden. It depends on what poll you're talking about. Yeah. <clears throat> that too, actually. And then you have all those slashes when they try to go with all the polls. But uh, again, JB, uh, we'll put this up one more time in case you couldn't see the scores on it uh, as we transition to the tail of the tape. Okay, um, I don't know who to pick. And uh, I, I want you to sell it to me both ways here before we actually do predict. Uh, Mount, yeah, Mount Union, they're not going to win this game. I can guarantee you that today. Uh, so that, there you go. Yeah, Hard Baylor year. can win if. North Central can win if. Sell it to me here either way. Well, at the end of the day, Frank, football always comes down to, you know, the, the, the trenches. The, who, who can win the line of scrimmage, right? And so far in these playoffs, the Mary Harden-Baylor offensive line has dominated uh, the line of scrimmage. And even against, you know, defenses like Whitewater, who are theoretically, at least statistically anyway, just as highly ranked as North Central um, and, you know, similar – you know, size, defensive line. I mean, there are some outstanding athletes on North Central like Gilroy at defensive end and others. But so far this playoff run, Mary Harden-Baylor has won the line of scrimmage, and that's been the biggest difference. And that's allowed Kyle King to have some time in the pocket to pick apart defenses with his Six foot six, gigantic, you know, Megatron wide receiver and Brandon Jordan. Um, there's other, you know, skill players like KJ Miller, uh, Cremere, the running back. I mean, they have so many weapons. Um, yeah. See, these two guys, they were my semifinal MVPs because they were just outstanding, uh, you know, a pair. And the, these two guys are going to have a big say on this game. Now, note that Brandon wears number 21. There's a guy on, 
North Central who wears 21 named Jake Beasley, who we heard Coach Thorne talk about. He's a six foot three uh, boundary corner who is probably going to be covering Jordan all game. So it's 21 versus 21. Aside from the offensive line matchup, this is going to be the key to this game is whether or not King can find Jordan in some one-on-one situations and whether or not Beasley can bat the ball away, maybe come up with a rare interception. Tyler, uh, Tanner Raines, the, the place kicker for North Central, seems to be uh, you know an outstanding weapon, and he had, I believe um, – I think about eight points in in the uh, in the Mountain Union game. He you know was able to kick in that crazy wind, even though he kind of benefited from a, a false start penalty, <laughs> pushed him back, but he was able to better judge the ball and and you know kind of JB golf shot it into uh, <laughs> shank it into uh, in between the uprights. Um, but Akeem Jackson, um, another outstanding player, he's going to have a huge impact. He was a big reason why Alex Pete uh, was bottled up um, in the semifinal game. He had 11 tackles, uh, I think an interception as well. He's going to need to you know, really key in on this uh, Greenfield because as we saw in our, um, you know, semifinal, uh, you know, watch party with Coach Donaldson from, um, from Heidelberg and, and Coach Paul from ONU, the, the Cardinals love to run power. And so they were going to be coming right at you the whole game and, Guys like uh, you know Jackson and, and company are going to really need to to be prepared for that wrap up. If they can stuff the run, then UMHB has a huge chance to pull off the proverbial upset in this one. Okay, uh, it's time. Who do you got, and by how much? Uh, well, as much as these offenses average, you know, close to 500 yards per game, you're not going to see that on on Saturday or sorry Friday night. Um, these defenses are just too good. I think this is going to be a, a close one, sort of like a 21 to 17 type of game. But I've I've been kind of going with the Cardinals the whole the whole time, and and I know the Mary Harden Baylor faithful. Uh, enjoyed proving me wrong last week. So I'm going to do them a favor and I will pick against them again. And uh, hopefully that might be some good luck on their side. Cause <laughs> you know, um, honestly, it's, it's hard to, it's really hard to pick this game because I, there's so much to like about both of these teams, but unfortunately someone's got to win, someone's got to lose. I just feel like, um, you know, with the sort of the overall uh, package um, that North Central brings to the table that they're going to repeat as uh, as national champions, and we'll see. Yeah, one thing I want to say right off the bat here is no matter what happens here, we find these two programs to be two of the classiest programs out there in Division Three in terms of the power teams out there. Whitewater, Mount Union, all these teams just are classy as heck. So when we make picks like this, I just want to say, and, and you know, it's tough to say this in week 16 suddenly, but I just want to make it clear to everybody, this is by no means a personal attack on your team or who you are. I, I, I enjoyed immensely our discussions and our interactions yesterday with both North Central and Mary Harden Baylor uh, throughout the season, all of our interactions with teams that we picked against and picked for. So please, you know, as teams, do not take this personally and use it as bulletin board material as much as you want by all means, and I know you will. Having said Absolutely. that, here is my struggle with this whole thing. I said that Whitewater was going to be the winner of this entire thing. 
And the team that knocked off Whitewater is Mary Harden Baylor. Now, either I abandon entirely that side of the bracket, or I basically give credit to Mary Harden Baylor as being even a better team than the team I thought was going to win the entire thing, knowing that North Central was likely the team to come through on the right side of the bracket. And I watched a North Central team that did dominate and overpower Mount Union last week, which is no small feat. We watched it together in the watch party, as you said. And that makes it really tough because you look at that game, and it was an interesting game in rhythm. But there was one moment in the game that I still am keyed in on, and, you know, we've heard the report that he's fine, but I don't know. I really don't know Luke Lanin's real condition, to be honest with you. His right shoulder, I believe it was, when he dove for that end zone uh, midway through the game, he was not the same quarterback for the rest of that game after that point, J.B. That's, that's true, yep. And Mary Harden Baylor watched that game alongside everybody else, or at least watched the recording of it uh, later on. They know what that situation is. They'll probably, knowing that, try to key in on the run more so. And with their size and speed, and speed's a big deal on defense in a game like this, they may be able to take that dimension out and force Lanon to have to win this game with an arm that I don't know he can throw with as much as he would want to. Now, they're going to do everything possible, North Central probably, if he is experiencing ill effects still from that to cortisone it up or whatever else you want to call it out there. We were talking to Will Bellamy about his condition uh, and what happened uh, around that Utica game. And, uh, you know, things happen to get players ready, and that's their prerogative ultimately, the school's prerogative. So maybe he will be okay for the game enough to get through it and throw as well as he does and run as well as he does as well. But I got to say, with that slight issue, and with what I said earlier about Wisconsin Whitewater being the team I thought that was going to win the whole thing, Mary Harden Baylor, I didn't see myself saying this at the beginning of the season, to be honest with you folks, will win the national championship in 2021 by a score of uh, 28-24. That's my final four. So that wouldn't surprise me. Baylor. It's yeah, it's I mean, a little bit surprising to, again to say it right now, but it's it's a team that you could pick against all week long and look like a damn fool, and we have at times, folks, for that fact. We both have. We both have. Look at this last week. <laughs> but you know, I I still wait it out, and it's one of those scenarios that I just I think you have to give them a slight edge here because. You got the winner of the 2018 Stag Bowl, the winner of the 2019 Stag Bowl. These are both experienced teams. There's a lot of overlap with the players on both those yeah. teams. Maybe less with Mary Harden Baylor, but still some key components. Do remember 2018, and I do like the looseness of both teams coming into this game. We had a little fun with them tomorrow or yesterday. You'll see tomorrow in the pregame show yeah. where we uh, let a couple players interview each other, and uh, we got some odd results from that that you'll probably <laughs> find comical. Uh, That's you great. Know, We'll, we'll just leave it at that right now, but uh, you'll want to tune in for that. Final thoughts, uh, what do you, what's your takeaway from my pick there and uh, my reasoning? Well, speaking of 20 and 21, Frank, this is your 20th game. You've, uh, it, I mean, unbelievable. You must be exhausted. I'm, I'm just tired thinking about it. And, um, you know, that that's really cool. And it's been a, it's been a great 
season. It's been a great year um, of, of D3 football, to be honest, going all the way back to the spring. I don't know what this is like our 54th or fifth episode at this point. Um, it's been an epic year. It's been a lot of fun uh, covering all these games, getting to know all these different teams and players and programs and what have you. And I think, you know, tomorrow night's going to be a great, you know, kind of a capstone to what's been a kind of a wild ride. I mean, we didn't really have a, a season in 2020 except for a handful of games. And then we had the sort of protracted, you know, spring season and now this full year. And for the most part, we've gotten through a lot of it, um, pretty much COVID free, which is great. And so not a lot of people thought that was going to be the case. I know there were a lot of naysayers in the, in the national and, and other media about that, but Hey, we made it um, tomorrow night's going to be a great game between two of the best programs in, in the country. And I can't wait to, you know, pull up a seat or a, a phone or, or wherever, um, you know, Jen takes me and, <laughs> and catch it. <laughs> Well, we want to thank the good folks here at the Hall of Fame uh, and Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium for uh, helping us get the show off the ground. Uh, their Wi-Fi actually worked uh, here. We are having a little bit of a wire internet issue, but they're already on top of that for us. We appreciate that for tomorrow night. Uh, they, their first class here. You saw the photo that JB posted on Twitter of uh, overhead on the stadium. That was actually our photo. That was not a uh, stock photo of uh, somebody else taking it. Uh, that is the view from the press box here. And it's a great view nice. at that. But I will be on the sidelines, getting a little cold, but uh, shining up uh, the place a little bit. Little bit. Go ahead. Hey man, did you hit uh, did you hit a thousand yet? Because I know uh, you know I contributed to your Sager Strong uh, Cancer um, fundraiser. I mean, I know you're raising funds and awareness for um, you know with the whole Sparkle Man jacket. Maybe tell people a little bit about that if they want to contribute. Yeah, uh, we are close to a thousand. We'd love to get to a thousand dollars, but and I want to thank Patty and Larry Weaver, who I think gave a five hundred dollar donation. Uh, if uh, if my addition was correct, and uh, you know I was tracking and seeing what was going on, and so thanks to them at Thirteen North Restaurant in Malta, New York, for those that are in that area, uh, great food and uh, great people, obviously uh, to give to that. So uh, remember, it's a Craig Sager tribute uh, that we're doing with those. Uh, Sager Strong Outfits, we call them, the audacious uh, sparkly jackets and whatnot. And we have two of them, uh, one that was bought for last year that was unused, so we're going to use it. And uh, another one that we uh, bought that uh, it's it's fitting uh, ultimately for where we are. Uh, and uh, you'll see what I mean by that. But we are trying to raise money as well for cancer research through the Sager Strong Foundation uh, go to Twitter and uh, look up our uh, tweets. You'll uh, see the link to our Facebook fundraiser for that. And please do give. Get us over $1,000. And uh, it makes it worth doing it for everybody involved. And, again, thank you, uh, JB, for the donation and for bringing that up as well. Folks, we will not have a show probably in the near, near future. This is going to wrap itself up here. So this is it for us for a little bit. But obviously there's a show coming from JB's Kitchen in probably a month or so. So stay tuned for that. And uh, if there's any breaking news or if we decide, hey, let's do a show anyway, you'll see it. You'll find it. And that's what we love about you guys, that you are such fans of our content. The teams are, I can tell you that, they know who we are, uh, both teams here. And that's national caliber teams that weren't in our regions coming in uh, before this year uh, that now we've expanded and they know who we are. So we do appreciate that. We do not take that for granted. 
Happy holidays. We'll see you, though, tomorrow on the Stag Bowl pre-game show, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 Central, and we'll give you a lot of information and excitement during that show.